Matrix. Assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. <laughs> Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair at the helm behind the wheel, and therefore he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Today is Friday, September 8th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 600, Securing Our Nation, and we'll be doing a reading out of Psalm 71. So first, let's get the dirty business out of the way of our daily disclaimer for all the Karens and Darrens. So I want to clarify, I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have a political degree or had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA or FBI, and while I am a member of the MGJA, I do advocate for your participation in your local general general assemblies. Remember, I am not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. I don't care what you've heard. And I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly, such as American States Assembly, National Liberty, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and Tactical Civics, or any other organizations outside the Michigan model. And I've never participated in any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, or David Strait and Company. And furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. And additionally, I am also not a part of any cult and definitely not a Freemason on any level. And please know that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own unless otherwise referenced. So there you go. So first off, I want to start off with a little comedy here. Um, I'm not going to play the entire clip of this, but I don't know who this guy is. He goes by the name of Dusty Slay, and this just popped up. I found it random, you know, randomly today. So we're going to start off with a little laughter here for a minute. So let's let's listen to this little skit. 
I like country though. I like that country song, it's five o'clock somewhere. You know that song, the song that justifies drinking any time of the day? You just say it's five o'clock and it's okay, right? It only works for drinking though. You can't show up late for work and be like, hey, nine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> be nice if that did work though. If your boss is like, well, I can't argue with that logic. Hell, get in here. Hell, by that logic, it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's get out of here. Let's get a drink. What are we even doing here? I don't know why we keep track of time the way we do sometimes, you know? Like the other day, I asked this guy, I was like, hey man, what time is it? He was like, it's 20 to four. I was like, listen. <laughs> if you don't know, just say you don't know. <laughs> don't give me some kind of weird math problem. <laughs> just cause I'm not wearing a watch, you know what I mean? <laughs> now I gotta take a quiz to get the time. <laughs> I don't know why we break it down like that, you know? It's not shorter. 20 to four, 340 is about the same, right? <laughs> we don't break anything else down like that. We're not like, hey, what's this cost? 20 to $8. <laughs> How old are you? Six to 40. <laughs> what month is it? 15 to February. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. I don't know why we're doing it. I do like that song, It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I like that. <laughs> Stupid chipmunk. No, really, though, it's interesting, though, right? I mean, it. I never thought about that, how we break down time by saying, uh, yeah, you know, it's 10 to 4. Or, uh, yeah, it's it's quarter It's quarter after. You're like, just it's 3.15, right? Or it's, it's 3.50. I mean, why do we got to break down time as in, you know, oh, it's 20 to 4, it's 25 after it's like well that sounds stupid i mean it does not make any sense whatsoever and when he's when he said that i was like eh, that's actually a pretty good point and very well taken so anyway so i just figured we start that off with a little 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 comedy hour little comedy hour all right so where shall we begin well, for starters, if you want to email the show, the email is hisheartline at gmail.com, hisheartline at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions or you have anything that you want to pass along, any type of things that you might have found or, you know, things that are relevant, uh, just, you know, you know what we typically talk about here. So if you email the show, I'll check it out. I'll vet it, kind of see what's going on. Um, turns out that Burning Man uh, music festival, I saw... Uh, Rietta was saying that she did a little research on that and that Burning Man uh, music festival. It, so it turned out that they were never on lockdown. Uh, I guess they were just stranded because of some weird weather event. So that kind of debunks that. Because uh, I was going to say, you know, when you got 70,000 people at a music festival, I highly doubt you're going to get 70,000 people who happen to have smartphones on them, right? Cellular devices that is connected to all sorts of social media platforms. There's no way you're keeping that quiet. So that's why I didn't really pay too much attention to that story. But anyway, so there's that. Um, <clears throat> so got a few audio pieces I'm going to play here. Um, but first off, I was going to start off by saying that, you know, <clears throat> Uh, oh, hold on. I'm pushing wrong buttons here. Don't want to do that. Almost played something I shouldn't have here, at least prematurely. Um, you know, our nation was born 
on the principles of freedom, right? Liberty and the belief that every man and woman is entitled to the fruits of their labor. And it thrived in its early years, built on these values, and they're guided by faith in, in a higher power that we all call God or our Heavenly Father, right? Not government. And we were the land of opportunity where dreams were realized and immigrants flocked to this great country to achieve the what we know it as the, uh, the American dream. Now, I beg to ask, what does that even look like anymore? What does that American dream look like anymore? But, you know, as time passed, certain forces, i.e., you know, the deep state, cabal, uh, international bankers, right? Bar members, London, the Vatican, right? Insert, you know, evil villain here. They sought to seize great, you know, seize control and change the very essence of this nation. They extended their grasp over our government, over our monetary system, and every aspect of our lives, right? They preached the false idea that government should provide for us. And that entitled are due to every American man and woman. And in doing so, they turned a great population of this country dependent on government. Basically turning the land of opportunity into the land of entitlements and dependency, right? And so as a result, you know, we lost crucial skills and talents that were, you know, traditionally passed down through generations, ensuring our self-reliance and our ability to provide for ourselves. One key component to all that, gardening. Not a lot of people really know how to garden or canning food. Like, these are the basic things that Americans don't even do anymore, by and large. Yes, there's a few people that do it, small percentage of the population, predominantly people that live in, you know, in the country and rural settings. But for the most part, a lot of people still rely on the system. And, and it's, it's important to note that the private sector can no longer support the public sector. And our national debt has soared to unprecedented levels. Yet they want to increase taxes. They want to stifle economic growth, right? While worsening our debt crisis. See, our liberties have been denied under the banner of national security. And the de facto government has grown increasingly hostile towards its people. That's no surprise there when you take a look at Hawaii and what's been going on out there. But let me tell you that this is not the America that we were meant to be in. See, we as a people are at a critical crossroads in our present day history, right? And it's time for a change. That's why we assemble. That's why we are reassembling our states. See, in 1871, and if you listen to this podcast long enough, I've talked about this, and I'm going to start, you know, kind of uh, bringing some of this information back to the surface again. But, you know, in 1871, an act was created to, you know, make a corporate entity, right? It was, you know, the Reconstruction Act of 1871. And they created the cabal a corporate entity called the United States of America, all capital letters, by the way. And see, and that what, what happened there is that slowly drew the states and the people under its control. 
And so our nation ended up ceasing to be, it ceased to be a, a biblical constitutional republic that it was meant to be. And elected officials started serving international interest instead of the American people. But here's the thing. We still pledge allegiance to the republic, not the corporation. We did not willingly leave our republic. It was taken from us unlawfully and through deception, of course, and in part, you know, part and parcel. If we're going to be honest with each other, ignorance on our behalf, right? And here's the thing. I'm, I'm calling for an action. It's time to take it back. See, the tactics that were used, such as marriage licenses and birth certificates and social security cards, you know, they have unwittingly given the government basically authority over us by, by allowing ourselves to get involved with these adhesion contracts, right? And we have to realize this and we need to wise up and stand up for our natural rights for the truth. Remember, we're sovereign. We're not citizens of America. We are sovereigns on this land. Understand your definitions. Look it up in the law of nations. It's very easy to find. You can find free copies online. I'd recommend going to kirkslawcorner.com. He's got the free library, digital library right there. Check it out. Law of nations. Now, we're not going to resort to a bloody revolution or violence, right? That's not how we're going to do that. See, our power lies in the truth and the pen. That's why you always hear that, that term, right? The pen is mightier than the sword. You ever wonder why? See, we are not enemies of the government, but we see it teetering on the edge of insolvency and we can assist. And by we, I mean that as in the people in the assembly of states, we can and will assist in the transition to a better future. So our only obstacle is our own courage and conviction. So my question to you is, are you ready to stand up for yourself? Are you ready to stand up for your family and for the real American dream, not the bull crap that they tried painting in our heads to keep us suppressed, oppressed, and enslaved? See, it's time to restore this land to its lawful status, right? Get back to common law and, and not through chaos either, but through unity and the power of truth. Let's make America what it was meant to be, which was that shining beacon of freedom and liberty and opportunity. Let's stand together and reclaim our republic as it states in Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution and inspire the world once again with God at the top of that throne. How about it? Sounds like a great plan to me. I'm going to play this audio piece. I played it in a previous show many months back, but it kind of surfaced back to the top again on Telegram. So I feel like it was relevant to play. Uh, it's called A Visitor from the Past. Listen to this.
had a dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. And now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn they've sworn and now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore, and then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died, or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. As I awoke, he vanished in the mist from which he came. His words were true. We are not free. We have ourselves to blame. For even now, as tyrants trample each God-given right, we only watch and tremble, too afraid to stand and fight. If you stood by your bedside in a dream while you're asleep and wondered what remains of our rights he fought to keep, what would be your answer if he called out from the grave? Is this still the land of the free and the home of the brave? Very powerful.
very, very, very powerful. Like I said, I played that on a previous show some uh, months back, and I felt like it was worth, uh, you know, sharing again. So if you guys are curious about it, I'm posting it on Telegram right now. It just got posted. So there you go if you want to watch it. Watching it and listening to it at the same time is actually really quite interesting. Um, But it's a message that should not be taken lightly. It's not a message that should be taken lightly. Now, speaking of messages that shouldn't be taken lightly, here's something else. All right. Um, <laughs> here's our, our, our favorite, uh, you know, independent artist who just tells it like it is, doesn't care about being politically correct. Tom McDonald, uh, about a one minute clip. Give this a quick listen to. He just dropped this not that long ago. And I want to be a mom one day. A trans woman as a mom is going to be very important. Call me old fashioned, but I kind of like my mothers to be women. In fact, one of my mom's best qualities is that she isn't a dude. You have to take this off. You're not allowed to make little. I appreciate you trying to protect yourself from everybody around you, but in order to protect us from your crazy bull, could you try this next time, please? I'm going to show you how to use flower flowers emoji pronouns. I am going to show you how you can use emoji pronouns to identify yourself. It was a trash can. That's the one. Humans are headed for a massive population correction. Oh, just keep poisoning motherfuckers with tap water, processed food, cigarettes, alcohol, and mandated medications. Honestly, it seems like you guys got population correction under total control. Where is Black Lives Matter? Well, maybe they fucked off because people realize that the lives of black people matter, but the fiscal goals of a corrupt corporation don't really matter much at all. My name is Teacher Roby. I am non-binary. They are a great art teacher. They are a great art teacher? That's not even a sentence. Can someone from the English department tell this lady to shut the fuck up? <laughs> you got to hand it to Tom McDonald. I mean, he's absolutely correct. I mean, you know, I played that audio piece of that art teacher just the other day, and it is completely stupid. They are a great art teacher. I mean, that couldn't be. And look, and I am not the greatest speaker in the world or have the best grammar when it comes to writing. But this lady, excuse me, uh, Zizai or whatever the heck they like to consider themselves. But this this person is such an idiot. I mean, I'm sorry. And, and for anybody that's going to sit there and say, oh, Jason, that's not very nice or very Christian. No. When you are doing this kind of crap and perpetrating this nonsense and shoving this stein down the throats of our children, no, you don't deserve to have nice being given to you. Okay? Being nice went out the window a long time ago. The minute you started grooming our children like the little pedophiles they are, and that's enough of that bull crap. So no, nice has gone out the window. They deserve millstones and to be cast out in the bottom of the freaking sea. And that's just being nice. There's a lot worse that could be done. Um, I'm just trying to think. There was something else. Oh, listen to this kid. Now, I like this kid. Somebody posted this too. The, you know, there is, I think, a lot of hope. I think more hope of restoring our republic and getting back to reassembly through our younger generation than through the gener, you know, the, uh, what do you want to call it? The, uh, millennium generation or whatever. Um, just, just listen to this kid. I think this kid can't be any more than what 17, 18 years old. I mean, listen to the sense this kid makes more sense than most people my age and older. COVID-19, the pandemic, it's over. We don't care anymore. The people who wanted the vaccine, they already got it. The people who don't want the vaccine, we're still not going to get it. Nothing is going to change. I'm not waiting for permission from Dr. Fauci or Joe Biden or the WHO. You don't rule over me. I'm not your subject. I'm a free citizen in a free country, and you do not get to tell me what to do. 
I'm just going to correct this kid before I continue to play. Again, we are not citizens unless you are, you know, naturalized and you moved into this country from another country or you're a public servant of some of sorts. You are not a citizen, just FYI. But hey, you know what? We're going to give that kid a pass. Let's keep hearing him. In this country, we the people hold the power and the government does not have the authority to mandate that I do anything and nor does any employer. So you can mandate stuff all day long. We don't care. We'll shut the whole thing down. You want to keep the economy running? You better not mandate vaccines. You want to keep your private business open? You better not mandate vaccines. Have fun running a business with 50% of your staff. Because people are standing up. They're sick and tired of being told what to do by people who don't have the authority to tell them. Important thing to realize. And that kid is absolutely right. Good on that kid. Like I said, he looks like he might be, he, he, he's not even pushing 20. You know, maybe 18, 19, I would guess, right around there. He could even still be in high school, but you know what? Good on this kid right here. And I call him a kid, but this young man, he he tells it like it is, man. And he destroyed it. He is absolutely right. He was right about everything he said with exception of the, you know, I am a citizen. No, you are not a citizen. But again, you don't know what you don't know. You, you know, we, we've all been brainwashed and we've all been, you know, um, conditioned to use certain terms because this is all we've been taught, right? And we've been taught by socialist and communist people who are trying to take down this nation so again i'm not going to fault the fault the kid in this uh video but uh but outside of that everything else oh, everything else though he said spot on now here's one last uh audio piece i want to play before we get into the reading psalm 71 and then we'll get in the topic of discussion of uh securing our nation and uh, a little discussion of the extension of one year of the executive order 13848 so here's one more audio piece uh be careful what you're eating in your food folks my wife sent this to me earlier and uh yeah it's pretty quite uh well i'll let you be the judge of it We come across ingredients you can't even pronounce, let alone describe. CBS 2's Crystal Cruz sheds light now on bug parts and other bizarre additives likely lurking in your favorite snacks. Instant noodles, soft drinks, frozen entrees, they're fast, cheap, and easy. But a lot of our favorite foods are made with ingredients or additives best described as bizarre. That's gross. So with the help of Dr. John Swartzberg of UC Berkeley School of Public Health, we pulled together a smorgasbord of popular foods, all containing a weird ingredient. <laughs> Juliet and her daughter Rosie agreed to play along in our game of what is it? First up, shredded cheese. In it? Powdered cellulose. Well, cellulose is a plant product, and it's made from a variety of plants, including, of course, wood. It keeps your cheese from clumping. The more cellulose you put in, which is very cheap to make, the more money you make. <laughs> okay, next, in some frozen burritos, snacks, and pizza. What's in there? They all share L-cysteine. What's that? No idea. <laughs> L-cysteine is an amino acid, but not just any amino acid. This particular amino acid is made from hair and duck feathers. It's used as a dough conditioner to improve its texture. Carmine is an ingredient found in some red juice and yogurt. It's a natural red food dye made by boiling cochineal insects. If they ground them up, it made a beautiful red dye. Next, granulated sugar. What makes it so sparkly white? Is it bleach? Nope, some brands use charred animal bones or bone char. 
To clarify some white wines and some beers, makers use a special filter called Isinglass. It's made from bladders of bony fish. And finally, those little shiny jelly beans on the label. Confectioner's glaze. Confectioner's glaze is shellac. Shellac is made from specific insects in Asia. These bizarre ingredients are all legal. The FDA classifies them as generally recognized as safe, or grass for short. Yep, that's pretty freaking gross and makes me want to eat more real food than ever before. I mean, that's disgusting, all that crap. I mean, not that I really partake in a lot of this stuff, but there's some stuff I'm sure I eat that probably has a lot of this nonsense in it and uh yeah it, it, it's it's that's ugh. this is what they do though they want to make us eat the bugs so anyway all right let's get into the reading psalm 71 okay psalm 71 again this is from the new american standard bible we're switching it up from the new king james okay we like to go you know switch it up and use different versions just so we're not discriminating you know um but starting with verse one in you lord i have taken refuge let me never be ashamed in your righteousness, rescue me and set me free. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. You have given a commandment to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the wrongdoer and the ruthless. For you are my hope, Lord God, you are my confidence from my youth. By you I have been sustained from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb, my praise is continually of you, and I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all day long. Do not reject me in my old age. Do not abandon me when my strength fails, for my enemies have spoken against me, and those who watch for my soul have consulted together, saying God has abandoned him. Pursue and seize him, for there is no one to rescue him. God, do not be far from me. My God, come quickly to help me. Let those who oppose my soul be ashamed and consumed, and let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek to injure me. But as far as me, I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. And my mouth will tell of your righteousness and of your salvation all day long, for I do not know the sum of them. I will come with the mighty deeds of the Lord God, and I will make mention of your righteousness, yours alone. And God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, God, do not abandon me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come, for your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens, and you who have done great things, God, who is like you? You who have shown me many troubles and distresses will revive me again and will bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Now may you increase my greatness and turn to comfort me. I will also praise you with the harp, even your truth, my God. To you I will sing praises with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, and my soul, which you have redeemed. Moreover, my tongue will speak of your righteousness all day long. For those who seek my harm will have been put to shame and humiliated. And that is the reading of Psalm 71. <clears throat> so let's reflect on this Psalm 71 for a bit, shall we? Because it details very valuable lessons for our own journey in life. Because in these verses, um, 
Hold on a second. I'm just reading. Oh, my wife was just saying, sorry, I was busy, but you don't eat much of any of that because I read all the labels before it comes in our house. This is very true. She's very right on that. Yeah, we don't we don't bring in food if we can help it that has bad nonsense in there. <laughs> so anyways, um, yes, no, my wife, I tell you what, speaking of which before, hold on, but let, well, you know what? I'm going to do this summary first and I'm going to go back to my wife here for a second. So just remind me somebody before I get into the topic of discussion of securing our nations. Um, but anyways, but yeah, so, you know, in these verses, we can find a lot of inspiration as we can in any verse, uh, for the most part in Psalms, right. And embrace, uh, as we navigate challenge and, you know, as we embrace hope and, and grow in resilience. So, for example, trusting in the face of uncertainty, right? I mean, we've all dealt with uncertainty in our life. Life often throws uncertainties our way. That's an inevitability, right? The psalmist begins here with a very powerful affirmation saying, In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Now, this reminds us that in moments of doubt and confusion, we can find comfort and certainty by placing our trust in God. Then there's finding strength in adversity, right? Because the imagery of God as being a rock and a fortress is a reminder that God is available to us, even when we feel weak. See, life's storms may buffet us, right? But we have a solid foundation in our faith and in the unwavering presence of God. Then you have the aging gracefully and purposely because the psalmist in this particular case reflects on a life journey from youth to old age. And it encourages us to consider how we age and the legacy we leave behind. See, as we grow older, we may continue to seek meaning and contribute to others, right? And never lose sight of the richness of life's experiences. Then there's the cultivating a heart of gratitude. Again, so vitally important of having and cultivating a heart of gratitude. This is why I'm a big proponent on having a gratitude journal. See, I've talked to a few people at my training last week that said ever since they've implemented a gratitude journal and started writing at the beginning of their day before starting their workday, they have basically felt much better and less depressed about life's woes and troubles that comes and typically knocks us down. You typically, when you're grateful for all the things you do have and you focus on what you have and, you know, all that God's blessed you with, you know, when those troubles kind of come by us unexpectedly, you tend to stand up a little stronger because you know what you have and you're grateful for what you have. So cultivating a heart of gratitude, very important because throughout the psalm here, there is a sense of gratitude and praise. And even during challenging times, the psalmist chooses to focus on the good and rightfully so right? Don't foster an attitude of negativity because we need to strive to cultivate a heart of gratitude, recognizing the blessings that surround us, both big and small. And when I say small, I'm talking even the hot water that comes out of your shower spigot to give you a nice warm shower in the morning, unless you're a freak and you like to do cold showers. But then there's the passing down faith and wisdom because, you know, here's the thing. The commitment to declare God's righteousness is a call to share our stories and wisdom with the next generation. See, this is why they try so hard to eliminate the wisdom class because they don't want the older generation, the wisdom class, to share their knowledge, to share their, uh, well, their, their, their wise experiences, right? 
again, hence why we have lost so many traditions throughout the generations, because they have created a system in this country that we've all become dependent on. And we forgot how to do basic things like canning and gardening. And even building our, you know, even building our own houses, for example. I mean, you know how many people built their own houses and farmed their own food and hunted their own food and canned their own food? I mean, you pretty much did it all back in the day. Now we just hire a contractor. But again, each of us have unique narratives to tell, right? We have stories. We have experiences. We're filled with lessons and learned you know, that we've learned and experiences that we can inspire and guide others, right? And so overall, in closing, Psalm 71 invites us to be resilient and hopeful and steadfast on our life's journey. And it reminds us that like the psalmist here in 71, we can trust and find strength. We can age gracefully. We can be grateful and pass down the wisdom of our own experiences to those who came after us or who come after us. And so as we go forth from this reflection, may we carry these lessons in our hearts, embracing the strength and resilience that led us to a life filled with purpose and meaning. Now, <clears throat> my wife is putting in here, I'm going to have to look this up real quick because I don't want to overlook it. Look, when the boss puts something in the chat, I'm going to look it up. She put Hebrew. Uh, 619 let me uh come on computer work for me it says hebrew 619 now, i don't know what version this is i'm just pulling it up from google but it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul firm and secure it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain um that's niv i don't like niv let's put uh na N-A-S-B. Let's just put that in because that seems to be common here. New American Standard Bible. So let's see what that version says real quick. This is hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and reliable and one which enters within the veil. Yeah, in fact, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is the, uh, my wife has a tattoo on her foot of a anchor. I believe she's got that verse on there. Yep, she's just saying right here, my tattoo. It's a very good very, very good verse. Now, back to my wife before we get into the discussion here. <clears throat> um, and I'm just trying to jog my memory here. I Let me just reread her last comment. Sorry, we're busy, but uh, we don't eat much of that. Oh, that's right. Okay. I know what I was going to say. You know, my wife is a very, very great researcher. She is a great wife. She is a wonderful uh homemaker she's a domestic engineer that's what we call stay-at-home wives right moms stay-at-home full-time moms domestic engineers that's what they are they're 24 7 365 days a year there's no breaks no sick days yes you don't have really a boss to answer to but you have to be on all the time and my wife does a great job researching the food and reading labels and making sure we don't have junk that comes in our house right um I bring all this up to say this because this is kind of, I think, worth saying because I think there's a huge misconception about how hard working a a full time mom and homeschool teacher and uh, you know a domestic engineer again, how hard their job really truly is because she received a message this morning from somebody on her Facebook friends, somebody she went to high school with, somebody that lives in our neighborhood, right? 
a few blocks away, but somebody they don't even really, she doesn't even really talk to us. Like we've seen them when they walk past our house with their dogs and, you know, you exchange pleasant, useless pleasantries. Hi, how are you? Oh yeah, we're good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have a nice day. Yeah. Um, outside of that, that's the extent of talking right in passing. And my wife gets a message and, and this isn't the first time that this has happened. This has happened with a few other people that we know, which shall remain nameless. But people seem to get this idea that just because she's a stay-at-home mom, that she sits on her her butt all day, right? She sits on her keister. Um, no, that's not what she does. Um, she does a lot. And very rarely does she get breaks. And how do I know this? I've seen her in action on days off when she's in the middle of homeschooling, while doing laundry, while doing this, while doing that. The lady does not get a break sometimes during the day, but yet these people will send her messages saying, hey, do you know of anybody? And we, and we know where these people are going at, right? They'll say, do you know anybody that's looking to, uh, I'm trying to find a babysitter for a little, little Johnny boy here, you know, and, uh, you know, his aunt watches him, you know, Monday through Thursday, but I just can't find any luck for Fridays. Do you happen to know anybody? Right? Like these are the messages that my wife gets. And she's like, who the hell do these people think I am? That I'm just some lazy ass that just sits around and do does nothing because I'm a stay at home mom and I don't work a nine to five like these people. I'm, I'm not a career mom like these people like the hell. And so she feels like she's disposable and like people can just like, you know, they, she's at everybody else's beck and call just because they know, oh, she stays at home. So we're more than likely able to get a babysitter out of her, float her a few bucks. Yeah, no, no. Because while my mom, while my wife is at home getting, you know, lessons ready, she's preparing breakfast, she's getting, you know, things going, maybe starting to load of laundry, putting the dishes away. I mean, there's a routine she's got now. She's got a schedule. And these people, like I said, just because... They're career moms, like they have two, three, four kids. They pop out kids and, you know, at the age of two, they pop them in a freaking daycare center. It's like, why have kids? I mean, look, I'm not disparaging anybody that's a career mom that has kids and you work nine to five. But see, think about it. This is the system that they've, they've, they've designed. This system, see, men used to work and the women used to stay at home and, 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 and were homemakers right they were wonderful dresses they were made up for their husbands and, and looked presentable right they and granted most of them has still had kids that went to school but for the most part they they took care of the home while the man works because at that time economically you were able to do that but see as time progressed into modern days that we see today with inflation of everything and yet wages stay stagnant they forced the mother out of the home to work as well in order to try to make ends meet, especially as they try to, you know, grow, you know, get people to be hooked on materialism and, and, oh, you need to go on this cruise and you need to go to, you know, Cozumel and you need to go to Bora Bora, experience Tahiti. And so if you're going to afford to do these things, yeah, both mom and dad have to be out of the home to work and make that money so they can enjoy the quote-unquote finer things in life. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because, look, we're not wealthy. We're a single-income home here. We do well. But at the expense of trading a lot of my time, 
out of the home so my wife can spend all of her time with our daughter to make sure she's equipped with everything that she feels that she needs in life to be a successful woman and in an independent woman. So my wife is equipping our daughter for success and more. She's trying to equip her with tools in her tool belt that she's never had. But yet there's so many people out there that think, oh, she's a stay-at-home mom. She's just a keister sitter and is useless. That's what most people think. I told my wife, I said, you should really write a book on the life of a, of a domestic engineer. Seriously. Because there is so many misconceptions about that. But anyways, I say all that to say this. My wife, excellent, excellent wife. She's an excellent mother. She's a hard-working, intelligent homeschool teacher. And I tell you what, more women need to be like this. Okay, now I get it. It's not for everybody, okay? Just like gas hauling. Not every truck driver is a gas hauler. So many people look at me. They're like, dude, how can you be a gas hauler? That scares the hell out of me. I don't know how you have enough nerve to drive around a big bomb. I don't know. I guess I'm crazy. And I guess if I die, I have enough insurance policies that my wife will be a multimillionaire if uh, something bad happens. I mean, I, I, I just don't think about it. I mean, yeah, I think about it, but I don't obsess about it. You know? Destry was just saying, we're going to have big, a big problem with the next generation, not enough babies. Yeah, because as people get these vaccines, right, and I use that word loosely, these COVID clot shots, it's making people sterile and it's creating infertility issues and it's creating a lot of stillborns and, and, and miscarriages in women. That's a big problem. I mean, and Industry was also saying we need about every able, you know, woman to have around four kids each. And it's crazy because my wife, that's another thing that we that she's brought up. Like, and I know I'm kind of, you know, going a little long-winded here, but you know, you get people that are just trash bag parents and they could spit out kids like nothing, right? Like 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 a freaking, you know, super soaker squirt gun. Like, oh, there's seven, eight kids without even trying, right? But then you get people that are good parents, good wholesome parents, right? That, I mean, are we perfect? No, but you try, we're trying to do the right thing and we struggle. Like, thankfully we have one daughter, but we've lost like five or six by now. One of them was an ectopic pregnancy last year. I mean, it's that, and, and that's hard. And so we're trying to get that figured out. My wife's going to got an appointment now to figure out, you know, uh, test her, uh, I forgot what do they call it, hormones to see where, where the issue is. And hopefully it's a simple fix. So, you know, say our prayers for that. But yeah, we need more women to have more kids and we need to have more homemakers. We need to get back to traditional families again. Again, this is what they've tried to destroy is the family. Now, I know I'm going way off topic. Let's get back to securing our nations. But again, for anybody that likes to think that being a stay-at-home mom is just all vacations and freaking, you know, clouds, you, 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 that's not what it is. I'm just, I hate to break it to you. That's not what being a stay-at-home mom is. I had a buddy at work that said, man, I would love to be a stay-at-home parent. I'd be playing video games all day. And I'm like, buddy, you have no idea, man. And he has no kids, so he doesn't really have anything to reference. But he's like, yeah, I'd be playing video games all day. I'm like, no, you won't. I'm like, dude, you'd, you would lose your mind. If you were a stay-at-home dad. All right. 
Now, let's get into the topic of discussion. I kind of went a little long-winded there. Um, it's noteworthy to, to say here, if you haven't heard by now, that the Executive Order 13848 has been extended, yes, again, for a, an another additional year. See, initially it was extended back in 2022 because it was set to expire at midnight, September 12th. And surprisingly, it's been renewed for yet another year during a quote-unquote Biden administration, right? Think about it. There is there is an official press release that was released from the whitehouse.gov website. If you want to go check it out, you can go read it for yourself. But, you know, it, it's a notice of the con you know the continuation of the national emergency with respect to foreign interference or undermining public confidence in the United States elections right and so we need to remember that this is a worldwide acting executive order see september 12th of 2018 through executive order 13848 president trump declared a national emergency under the international emergency economic powers act which is also U.S. Code, you know, 50 U.S. Code 1701 at SEC, which also means and, and, and following, you know, more sections, right? And it addresses the unique and significant threat to national security and foreign policy that's posed by foreign interference in or efforts to undermine public confidence in the United States elections. Now, some people might be asking, well, what's 50 U.S.C. 1701 at SEC? And again, at SEC means and the following sections. Well, 50 U.S.C. 1701 at SEC refers to Title 50 of the United States Code. Section 1701 and the following sections, which are part of the U.S. federal law. This specific section falls under the broader title 50, which deals with war and national defense. And Section 1701 pertains to the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, also known as IEEPA. Now, IEEPA is a law that grants the President of the United States the authority to regulate commerce and economic transactions during a state of national emergency that threatens the United States. Now, it's often used to impose sanctions on foreign entities. It's used to freeze assets. Um, it's used to take other economic actions in response to national security threats or foreign policy concerns. And so again, this extension will be effective for another year. Now, it's also essential to recognize here that the continuation of this executive order initially initiated by Trump in 2018 under the Biden administration may lead one to consider a broader perspective. There appears to be a continuity of government facilitated by the military, guided by the 21 requisitions proposed by the General Assembly. And if you still believe that Biden is the sole decision maker in this, uh, you know, scenario here, it's worth reevaluating the situation as it may indicate a more complex reality. But yet people want to sit here and say, oh, no, Biden's my president. <laughs> okay, you need a psych evaluation, you freak. Certainly, as we delve into a more detailed summary 
of the International Emergencies Economic Powers Act, again, IEEPA. And excuse me, I, I, I misspoke there. It wasn't the 21 requisitions weren't proposed. They were issued, excuse me, yes, issued by the assembly. Uh, thank you for the correction, Destry. They were issued, not proposed, issued. Very big difference there. And that was a misspeaking, that was a uh, misstep in speaking on my behalf. My apologies. Now, the, again, the IEEPA, which again is found in Title 50, Chapter 35, Section 1701 in the U.S. Code, and this is what it says. So starting with Section 1701, it says, okay, so Section 1701, Declaration of National Emergency. Now, this section enables the president to declare a national, now I'm just kind of summarizing this now because it's a big document, you know, it's a lot here, but this section enables the president to declare a national emergency if there is an exceptional and extraordinary threat that originates primarily outside the United States and poses a, 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 poses a substantial risk to national security, foreign policy, or the economy. Now, the following sections, such as 1702, has, uh, it talks about presidential authorities. And so under Section 1702, the president is granted several powers during a declared national emergency such as investigate and regulate various financial transactions, including foreign exchange dealings and credit transfers, right? Uh, control the importation and exportation of currency and securities. Uh, what else is there? Block or freeze transactions. Hello. Assets. Hello. Or property involving foreign interest. Double hello. What else is there? Oh, under this section, confiscatory property belonging to foreign entities if they are found to have planned, authorized, aided, or engaged in hostilities or attacks against the United States. That's right. Now you got section 1703, consultation and reports, because this section emphasizes the importance of communication between the president and Congress. Here are some key points you need to remember. The president must consult with Congress before exercising these powers. That's number one. Number two, regular reporting to Congress is mandated to explain why these authorities are necessary and the perceived threat actions taken and any changes to the situation. Now, as we get into section 1704, which talks about authority to issue regulations. Now, this section empowers the president to issue regulations as needed to implement and enforce the authorities granted by the IEEPA. Then you got section 1705 discusses penalties, which outlines the penalties for violating the regulations or prohibitions issued under the IEEPA. Then you got civil penalties may be imposed on individuals or entities for violating those uh, these regulations with fines up to $250,000 or double the amount involved in this violation. And then there's criminal penalties that can be applied here to individuals who willfully violate these re regulations with fines as upwards as a million dollars or imprisonment of up to 20 years or both. Hope you got deep pockets for that. Then you got uh, Section 1706, which deals with um, 
the termination of national emergencies and the continuity of authorities even after termination if necessary. So even if a national emergency is terminated under the National Emergencies Act, the authorities granted by the IEEPA can continue if the president deems it necessary due to ongoing claims involving foreign entities. And so Congress can terminate these authorities through concurrent resolution. Then you got section 1707, which talks about, it discusses the multinational economic embargo. So this section outlines a policy uh, that if the U.S. engages in, in hostilities against a foreign country, the president should seek to establish a multinational economic embargo against that country um, and also to seize the foreign financial assets of that country. The president is also required to report to Congress on actions taken to achieve these objectives. So in essence... The IEEPA empowers the president to respond to external threats by controlling financial transactions, by freezing assets, and by seeking economic embargoes. It underscores the importance of, con uh, the, of uh, consultation with Congress and reporting on actions taken to address the declared national emergency. Listen, folks. The fact that this executive order got extended yet another year should tell you everything you need to know about what is going on in our country and the continuity of government that we have as we reassemble our states. I mean, we do have a de jure government interregnum. There is much going on. And yes, just because Michigan is uh, adjourned until, you know, the beginning of 2024 does not mean that things are not occurring in other, you know, not just in this state, but other states. I mean, it's just, there, there's so much going on, so much going on, on so many different levels. You have to be blind, deaf, numb, and brain dead to not see what is going on. See, grand juries need to get put together and impaneled in order to hold these de facto public figures accountable, especially what they've been doing to the native Hawaiians out there and, and, well, what we think is the state of Hawaii, maybe kingdom. I don't know. I'm confused on that whole thing, but there's so much going on. And these scumbag bad people, they are going down. But there is a process. There is a process that must be followed. There is so many different facets to this machine that is, that's operating, that is working in, 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 in sync with one another so that we secure our nation. Because if we don't secure our nation... Who the hell knows what these people that are in the deep state could wind up doing to our country? I mean, they've already done enough damage as it is. They've done so much. But they will be taken down. 
And so when I saw that this executive order 13848 got extended, I just kind of shrugged and just laughed. I'm like, surprise, surprise. It's not going to end because when people were saying, oh, it's going to end, it's going to end September 11th. I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. Why? Why do I say that? And I, here's why I say that, because we aren't there yet. See, the people need to step up. The people need to find the courage to move forward and start regaining your country back. Look. You're not going to have Trump go out there on national TV and tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you guys need to go out there and you need to reassemble your states. This is how you get your government back. Look, he's made mention of saying the people have the right to assemble. He said that, I believe, one time, if I recall correctly, one time. You will not hear any government official, de facto that is, tell you what's happening about the assembly. Look, Michael Flynn knows what's going on with the assemblies. There's so many people in Congress, they know what's going on with the people in, this, in general assembly, but nobody's gonna make mention of it for probably one of two reasons. First off, nobody wants to be booted out, out of the seats that are actually ours. See, they are occupying our seats unlawfully. So that's number one, but number two, We cannot, even if there are some good people there, how do I want to say this? The people have to be responsible for saving their own bacon. So Trump can't just go out there. See, it's funny. I see so many comments on social media and rumble and, and true social. Oh, when Trump gets back, he's going to do this. And you know, when Trump, Trump's got this and you know, and Trump's going to do this. And when he becomes president, it's like, no, no, stop it. Trump ain't doing squat, okay? I respect the man, and he has a role to play. But remember, he is a public servant. Let's make no mistake. We are his boss. He's a funny guy, and he has got a set on him like none other. And he has helped this nation tremendously. Thank you, Commander-in-Chief Donald John Trump. Much appreciation, much love. But... He cannot be the hero by telling the nation, you need to reassemble your states. This is how you get your government back, folks, because, again, he's going to be hailed as a hero. We cannot have a hero here. We have to be the hero, folks, the common man and woman of America. Not Donald Trump. Not Ted Cruz. Not some five-star general, four-star general, whatever. No, the people. You and I have to be the hero here. We are the plan. We are the ones that do this. That's one of those are the two biggest reasons why you're not hearing anybody on the TV discussing what's going on with the assemblies of people, the reassembly of states. You want to secure this nation? You want to secure this future, not just for yourselves, but more importantly for our future generations, right? Our posterity, our children and our great-grandchildren going on and on and on and on. Get your ass off the golf course. Step away from Netflix. Get off the social media scrolling and get your butt in gear and start participating in some form or fashion. Start educating yourself. Start reading. Start listening to this podcast. Are you good at writing? 
I'm sure you have a skill that'll be very pertinent to your local general general assembly. Get involved. You want to know how you get involved? Email Destria content manager one at yahoo.com. Again, content C O N T E N T manager M A N A G E R the number one at yahoo.com in the subject line. You put your state that you reside in. And then in the body of the email, your name and you know, your, uh, your basic information, phone number. And what will happen is we'll try to connect you with somebody in your state to make that interaction, that introduction. We'll get you involved in an education. There's a three-part education call. It give you the background on, on, on how the assemblies came to be and what authority that we stand on, the foundation that we have that we stand on. We have all this set up in place. We just need your participation. You want to know more? You can also go to www.national-assembly.net. That's national-assembly.net. Share this podcast. We're always discussing how we get back our republic. But see, nobody knows what that looks like. Nobody knows that, you know, Article 4, Section 4 guarantees that we should be having a republic in form of government. Nobody knows that. Read Nobody... Most people haven't even read the Constitution. People need to start there. Start by reading the Bill of Rights. Start by reading the Declaration of Independence. I have a podcast that's very relevant. It's called Contempt of the Constitution. First common law that's been written in modern day since 18... Oh, help me out, Destry. Was it 1861? I think it's the first common law that has been written and put on the books since 1861 here in this country. Contempt of the Constitution. It's a very good show. You'll find it on the front page of national-assembly.net. So anyway, that's pretty much all I got for you. We need to secure our nation. We're not going to get where we want to be unless we get involved. Like Destry just put in the chat, only we can do it. It's not going to rest on the shoulders of one man or one woman. It's not going to rest on the shoulders of somebody who is worldwide known like Donald Trump. It's not going to rest on the shoulders of the military. The military is waiting on us, folks. I hate to break it to you. The white hats that are in the military, right? The good people, the, 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 the good, the alliance within the military, because make no mistake, that's divided up too. They're waiting on us. They don't want to take orders from the cabal. They want to take orders from the people. You don't think they get used and abused by this deep state? You'd bet your ass they do. We are the civil power. The military is subordinate to us. Remember that. With that, let's close this out with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, first off, we want to just start off by giving you much appreciation and gratitude for all the many blessings that you bring in our lives. Thank you for our families and our children. Thank you for another day of life and good health. And uh, we pray for all those out there who are 
trying to heal from surgeries or trying to heal from an illness or a disease or a cancer. We pray for all those people for a miracle and that uh, you will deliver a deep, loving healing for all these people who cry out to you and who believe in the power of Jesus Christ and invoking his name. We pray for the special intentions of that people hold deep in their hearts. They don't, you know, people that may not know how to pray or they don't know how to put a prayer in words, or maybe they might just simply be too shy to pray. Hear their cries for help and their pleas for help and answer their prayers. We thank you, Father, for the brave and courageous men and women within the Assembly of States. Our prayers rest with Hawaii and the in the in the in the fine fine people of Hawaii we pray that they will find resolve and they will bring these public de facto figures down to their knees with you at their side we pray for those who silently suffer with infertility who want nothing more than to be a mother or to have more children we pray for those who are struggling economically because of the financial strain and the financial burdens that they are putting around us, putting, you know, that, that financial noose that they're putting around our necks, trying to suffocate us and try to get us to be forced out of our homes through bankruptcy and to get us into little apartments and living like little animals in little cages. Father, look, I'm not saying money is important and it's not, but people are at a breaking point here and you know, we were always meant to be a prosperous nation. I just pray that we can get right back to that again. And, and we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, your one and only Son that you gave up to the world because you loved us that much. We pray all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. So that is all I have for this evening. I hope you all have a great day. And remember, as I always like to say, because it is my favorite verse out of the Bible, and I haven't read it out loud lately. But remember, as Joshua 1, 9 states, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So I hope everybody has a wonderful night, a wonderful day, wherever you're at in the world, wherever time zone you're in. And um, I just hope that uh, you guys have a great week and be safe. And we will be back on the air uh, possibly tomorrow. I'm not quite sure. I was going to go to the family cottage today, but plans kind of changed. So I might do that tomorrow after work. Um, cause I wasn't sure if I was going to be on the air today. Um, so I may be MIA tomorrow evening, but for certain I'll be on the air Sunday without, without doubt, without a doubt. Okay. Um, be good ladies and gentlemen, and we will be back here. If not tomorrow, Sunday for sure. God bless ladies and gentlemen.
We are steadfast and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com and if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly go to www.national-assembly.net that's www.national-assembly.net it's time to get active ladies and gentlemen let's go Joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.